Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson. And this is Mark Vila. And uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say that um, every episode is special to me. Okay. I like that. Okay. And that's you know. not which bus we're on special. That is special. Like it's, it's <laughs> great. Can. It's a great thing. For one, in this day and age, there's two things. You can't say that. And, and uh, everything has to be special. Okay. All oh, right? good point. So, so now that we're now that we found out this is special, I will acknowledge that it's extra special because of two things. Um, we are going to be talking about the latest technology and um, and printing out there. That's amazing. And we have with us uh, Don Copeland, who, um, from a sincere perspective, I'd like to say, if you have the opportunity to have a conversation with Don or listen to this podcast, which is in a way like having a conversation, you're uh, have a hundred percent chance of learning something you didn't know and getting a question answered that you weren't sure somebody would be able to answer. Um, and also in a way that's not only uh, very intelligent and technical, but un very understandable. So um, kudos to you, Don, for um, being able to do that and, uh, and putting the work in to, uh, to have the knowledge. Thanks, sir. I, so, I'm um, here Don, why don't you look at the bar right now? You just said thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the bar. That's oh, the bar. Yeah. That's the bar. But you got you can you you're there. So that's that's there. that's easy. Thank you guys. So uh, so I'm going to do a quick intro. Don Copeland is the um, the digital product products manager for Coldesi, uh, which includes uh, UV printing, um, and we've that we did an episode with them last year. It includes direct to garment printing. And uh, now it includes direct-to-film printing. So, Don, why don't you tell us what all that means and, uh, and start talking about a DTF or direct-to-film? Well, I guess what my title means, uh, we, we'll, that remains to be seen. My, 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 my title has to do with, with ink, so that means I have to be fluid, right? Um, it, it's, you know, these things are all pretty closely related right? The technologies that are used in them from a mechanical standpoint, right? Software standpoint, fluids and things like that are all pretty similar. It changes when we come to where the rubber meets the road with each of them. So it's kind of a natural thing that we don't have uh, overlapping or people doing all these individual things. So I think that's why we've headed that direction. Um, it, you know, the DTF is a real natural extension of DTG, uh, in the sense of it's digital apparel decoration. Um, you know, real quick, DTG direct to garment, you know, for people who are new to this and coming in and seeing this podcast, literally you put a shirt on a printer and you print directly onto the garment. That's the direct to garment title. Uh, whether it's a dark shirt, light shirt for, you know, we've been so long into this, you know, we've been at Coldesi have been doing it since 2000, early 2005. So we're right at about our 17 year anniversary wow. right now with DTG. Uh, and we're about 16 of those years or so. We've been doing it with white ink. So we've been doing dark shirts. It's much easier now than it was. Um, the UV uh, was a natural extension of that because it's very similar printers and whatnot and actually our same manufacturer that we use. And it's more of a application for rigid goods. Um, uh, we sell a lot of those to trophy and awards and signs companies. A lot of manufacturers buy those machines to be able to embellish their products uh, in a professional manner. And uh, in, in, in our MUTO line, we actually have companies that are doing it to do ADA and Braille signage as well. So then there's DTF. And uh, we, while you may not see it on the front end uh, as consumers, uh, we don't just like pick something up and start selling it to next month. Um, we have actually had a DTF printer in our office and up and running, uh, since May of last year, we're filming this in January, right? So it's been eight months that we've been working with, with, uh, with DTF and have taken 
the same approach we do with every product, which is how do we take these products and make them more user-friendly, make them better, uh, make them easier to, to support and train on and make it so people can make money with them. And that's what we've done. We've spent a lot of time uh, working with our software vendors, going back to our hardware vendors and, and making changes to make things better and uh, more replicable. Obviously, when you sell as many sure. machines with us, it's important that, that it's consistent. Um, <clears throat> and now it's just a matter of we've gone through and tested and then we did went to inks and we went to films. And now it's about processes that we've gotten that down. So it has literally been a an eight month whirlwind. But I can tell you in my time here, I've been here for a, it's my 18th year. It's the most seamless product launch we've had because there's nothing new in any of the components. And let me address okay. that. Yeah. So now that we're at DTF, let's talk about what it is. We, and we're going to be talking mostly about commercial. DTF, okay, which is purpose-built systems that, you know, will we'll allude to some of the conversion systems, <clears throat> but they're not um, really what we're about. We're about commercial solutions. We're taking a large format printer, been around for a year or two, right? We're probably 30 years, you know, at least 20 plus years into large format printing. Uh, we're taking inks that have been proven out in the direct-to-garment marketplace with the pigments and whatnot, that last on garments, give great color and whatnot, which have been around for 17, 18 years now. We're running it through a machine that applies a polymer type of powder, which is basically a hot melt glue to the print. That's been around for 30 plus years in use by the plastisol screen printing industry to do plastisol transfers. Obviously some modifications in the, the, the powder itself in terms of how small the the granules are, but other than that, it's the same stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you run it through a belt dryer to, 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 to set the, the inks to the powder. And then you apply it with a heat press. As you can see, there is nothing new in all of this that right. hasn't existed before. However, so, and uh, the owner of our company likes to say, what we did is we talked took chocolate and peanut butter. We made a Reese's cup. There's nothing new in a Reese's cup. Right? right. But the combination mm -hmm. is what it's about. And so that's what it is. You have a large format printer. Oh, and by the way, and we use software that we've been using for years for direct to garment and UV and white toner printing, right? right. To do the printing. And it, it takes it, it reverses our image. It puts the right amount of white underneath. It puts a choke on it so that you don't have white going all the way out to the edge. That's why you'll see if you get samples from us and samples from some other companies, you'll find that they, a lot of them have a halo on their images mm -hmm. and that's because they're not choking their white back. So, and they're getting so, too much bleed so let me get, let me get a little bit more fundamental here. I want to make sure that everybody's okay. caught up with what direct to film is. Mm -hmm. And it is an, it's a, it's a process where you go from an image to an inkjet printer to film. Yep. You add the glue, which is a hot melt powder. Yep. You yep. dry it, and in the end, what you have is a transfer that you can apply to fabric. Yep. So That's it, exactly it's right. kind of a, um, a different variation of any transfer, you know, uh, yep. production process. You know, it's analogous to white toner printing. It's got some similarities to sublimation. Um, That's one of the things I think you meant by it's not new. It's not you know, new, it, right? Right. But it I, is new. The process and the way that it all comes together is new. None of the components of it are, you know, if, if there's anything in it that's new-ish is the concept of how the powder is applied and, and shaken. <laughs> really is that is it. Everything else is just straightforward. You know, we, they had to address issues like you need the inks to not dry up too fast so that they're gelled, which has been done. And also that's addressed by the fact that you heat the media after it's printed on its way into the powder station so that you have a gel ink and the inks aren't running, but they're not so dry that the powder won't stick, but there's nothing new. And, and as Mark said, it is, you're generating a transfer. However, you're generating a transfer that is ridiculously good. A, a lot of people don't realize how much of the garments that they may see in stores or at events <clears throat> are 
literally some kind of transfer, probably a plastisol transfer. And <clears throat> so it's something we've been, it's been around for quite a while in that aspect, but now we're taking it to the digital realm, which means you don't have all the screen set up. And the really good ones that you see that are plastisol transfers, a lot of those are false process or things like that. And the majority of screen printers can't pull that off, right? And you have right. to have sophisticated systems for your film separations, an artist who knows what the heck he's doing to get the good film separation. And then you still have to go through the process of powder application and whatnot. So this allows the average shop owner to who can create good artwork, right, to be able to print items, you know, designs that he can put on any type of fabric. And there is it is really, really, really the big deal. Other than the fact that saying screaming fast and the number of transfers you can print is you're not handcuffed by the medias, right. the fabrics you can transfer to. Uh, DTG, we pretty much think of cotton, high cotton. Uh, if you're lucky, some tri-blends. If white you don't need white ink, you can do some polyesters. Um, nobody's going to slap an, 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 uh, a performance garment on a UV and expect a good result. I mean, on a, uh, a DTG and expect a good result. However, with the, the DTF process, we can stick to all of those things. We can stick to, I've done shirts for myself on a, on a, in, in vapor apparel, right? Uh, things that are classically thought of as sublimation type of only type of fabrics. You can take and do any of these type of performance gear, you know, like the form fitting. And we get so much stretch out of these transfers. It's crazy. Uh, things that would traditionally have only been done with uh, cut vinyl, heat transfer vinyl, whether printed or not, you're able to do now with DTF. The difference is if you take and stretch it extremely, like when I bulk up, you know, and flex my sleeve, right? Um, if I did that with a, a vinyl, it might stay stretched, right? The vinyls tend to stay right, stretched. It's got a memory. Yeah. They, and once you're stretched, they're going to stay stretched. With these, I mean, we have done some, we've actually done, and I think Mark was there one time, we actually took a transfer that we didn't put on a shirt, and it was a number, it was a number one, it was about this tall, and we stretched it to twice its length before it wow. tore. And and we did another one and let it go back, and it went back to normal size. So the the polymer that's on the back is the way it bonds with the the ink gives it a stretchiness that has a memory and and it doesn't crack it doesn't peel we've not right. seen any cracking or peeling yet so so you mentioned so you mentioned kind of the advantages to um, versus screen printing mm -hmm. and and one of them is you know the artwork setups and things like that are significantly simpler um, you can do things in a digital process that it requires a an, an artist to do. Um, right. that knows screen printing in many cases that just people don't realize that or and the typical shop doesn't have access to that kind of skill level. Right. Um, and how about how about any any other differences with with a plastisol transfer or a screen printing process? Oh, there's uh, that volume. Whole, yeah, setup, cleanup, um, variability, all of those things. I mean, we we're we're hitting all of the hot points of digital here, minimal setup, minimal cleanup, uh, the ability to do variable data, the, var the ability to do variable files. And what I mean is, if I want to do, and I've, and I've talked about this in DTG before, I call it my 8, 10, 12 principle, that, you know, you're doing shirts for a family reunion, and you've got Uncle Bubba all the way down to the newest newborn, right? And they want shirts for them. They want the same graphic on all of them. And from in a customer's mind, a lot of times it's just the same artwork. Well, it's not because you have to burn screens for every size you're going to do it in. With right. this, you can size it and scale it to that and have no impact on, you know, setup, cleanup or anything like that. And the art, you just grab the corner and size it down, right? right. And then you print it. So and and, and you mentioned art. you mentioned the idea that the um, that the current commercial units like the two four H two that Coldesi sells. Mm -hmm is um it's a it's a roll it's a roll printer it's 24 inch roll and you can put different size images you could set up for right. different size images the same image in different sizes different sizes different quantities different images yep. themselves it's really truly a digital process 
you know, so there are some of those big advantages. And the software that we actually include with the systems will actually help you with that. It has a feature in it that's called nesting. And what nesting is, is it's intelligent filling of the space. Um, obviously, in this world, we, de we deal in rectangles uh, because you need to be able to cut the things apart and have a rectangle for the transfer uh, so we don't get carried away as nesting and things like with uh, CNC machines and stuff like that. You're just optimizing completely the, the material usage. We're not going to tuck things in around each other, right? We're going to lay rectangles out and fill spaces, but the software helps you by doing that um so that you optimize your media within reason which makes it easier because the other side is when you come out the back side of the machine that's kind of where the fun begins you start cutting things apart it's not so bad when you're doing you know a hundred of a designer all the same and you get three across you can use a, a roll cutter and cut it and right. slide them down to pieces um so yeah it but it does it it allows you to lay things out on the screen it it, from a standpoint of large operations, it's so much easier because now you're not having to worry about placement on a screen of where it goes when you go to print something so that it hits the shirt in exactly the right place. You have operators now who are skilled in a lot of cases are using alignment devices like lasers. They throw a shirt on the heat press, they put the, the transfer in exactly the right place, and they press it and they go. You don't have to do that for every single shirt at the print level, which what this does in many cases is this lowers the skill required skill level of the operator at every step of the way. You know, right. you have one person who coming in that could actually spool up all of the jobs for the day for an operator. So the operator comes in and mashes a button and then man monitors the machine as it comes through. And then somebody else takes it off the machine and they divvy them out to where they go, whether they're for on demand right then, whether if you have your own uh, line of product that you're just continually needing to keep a, a, a backlog uh, right. of transfers. These things have a long shelf life. I don't think anybody has proven it fully out yet. I've heard anywhere from six months to two years shelf life, which is pretty long. Um, and so a lot of our customers will start with this type of stuff two months ahead of a, a busy season and start getting ahead on transfers yeah. for this stock stuff. And then when they get custom, they'll just drop custom in until they fill a reasonable size page, send that to and brand right run. in the flow, right? Mark, you, uh, we you, have some, you, you sounded like you, uh, you wanted to ask a question. Of you? It sounds like you guys got this one, so I'm just chilling. Um, <laughs> nice. I was going to make a comment about 15 minutes ago when you guys were talking about defining it, and I was just going <laughs> to define it in one more way to one level down. I'm yeah. just simply saying um, it's the best, the best teacher, the best T-shirt transfer period in every single way from cost to production to ease of use to right. finished product to what it can go on to what it looks like period I, I i think that that's um a fair statement you guys can judge that but period if somebody is looking for the best t-shirt transfer this is it just period yeah. and i think that I, I, without being technical that's just it no I, I i think that's great because because it kind of sums up the the comparisons um you know i was going to talk about and, and kind of do a quick comparison with digital heat effects, white toner transfers, you know, which are, which are, yeah. yeah, which are amazing. Yep. Um, but they still have limitations, you know, uh, it, they it, don't stretch well. It, it, and there's a, the, 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 uh, the mystical step in there of marrying that while it's not anywhere as difficult as it was when we really jumped into that three or so years ago, um, it's still something that, people it, it's like people on dtg having to get the pretreatment process down right on the on the white toner printers it's the mary process getting that down uh, with this literally the the system itself if you give it good artwork and you have everything aligned you make sure you keep your powder bin full <laughs> right right um there's not a lot that can go wrong you know, you have a belt dryer that gets the, the glues to the right temperature. <laughs> you have the powder. If you put too much powder on the transfer, it gets beat off anyway because there's a powder remove. You know, there, there's just something that beats the backside of the transfer before it heads into the 
the, the belt dryer, which removes excess powder, which by the way is recyclable. So you don't use a lot of powder. Um, so there's not a lot that can go wrong short of somebody not pressing at the right temperature for the right amount of time when they go to do the transfer. But in the process itself, there's very little you can do to screw it up. Right. The so, software already has the settings for the amount of white ink. The powder right. is the powder. It gets knocked off. So, so, so that's an interesting that's an interesting perspective because the you know DTG printing um, there's definitely a skill level there. You know you've got to get the pre-treat right. You've got to get it right for the particular shirt that you're printing on, etc. For um, for digital heat effects, there's some skill level there in the Mary process, the peel process. You know, depending on humidity and, and things along those lines, you've got to pay more attention, like with DTG, to the fabric that you're applying it to, even though there's an incredible range with digital heat effects as well. Right. Um, and it's kind of the same limitation with sublimation, where right. you can only really apply it successfully to light colored poly. You know, uh, you don't have to worry about any of those things with, um, with direct to film. And, I and I'll make that, a couple comments on those uh, technologies too, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, we'll be we'll speak in facts here that not everybody listening to this podcast is going to be ready to adopt direct to film transferring into their business for various reasons. Um, maybe they don't do enough production, or they're not. Uh, they don't have the proper space or um, they're just not technically ready to want to operate an ink-based system between the art and, and all the things like that, right? Um, and that's, uh, and the same can be true, said and true of, of any other technology and why a business might not be ready to bring these things in. So if you are really new to this and you just stumbled upon this podcast and now you're kind of in a rabbit hole of t-shirt transfers and you're trying to figure out the way to go, um, I'm just going to drop a couple quick benefits and then you can do the research on the other things. So if you don't know what sublimation is, or if your business is thinking about doing transfers, um, this is probably one of the oldest and most reliable t-shirt t-shirt and other item transfers. So this mug I'm drinking out of was 100% was sublimated. And uh, this shirt was not, but it could have been because it's a light colored shirt. So it's a great way to sublimate on light colored polyester stuff. And that's what this is. Um, the digital heat effects transfers we're talking about, those are white toner. So this is a toner system, just like um, uh, if you've used a, a copy machine in the past or a big printer at an office where you have the cartridges that when they were low, you would shake them. You know, a lot of people did that if you've uh, if you've worked in an office on the 90s and 2000s. So that's a toner system. It's a dry system. Um, a lot of folks jump on that because of the reliability of dry stuff. You don't you could just turn it off and leave it and then just turn it back on and print a shirt and then turn it back off. So a lot of startups like that or people in compact spaces um, or don't or, or aren't ready to scale um, yet. Maybe they're just just getting going. So all this technology is great in its own way. They do have their limitations. But um, it's just like purchasing an automobile, right? I mean, there's there is no best car, right? Um, but when we're talking about, uh, say, hauling things, right, um, a big pickup truck is just going to be the best. And if you're going to haul a lot of roofing material, a big pickup truck is just it. That's it, period. You could talk about strengths of, of how strong a Mustang is, and it could probably pull it but it's not the best thing for it. So what I would say about t-shirt transfers, if you need to do a lot of big hauling of t-shirt transfers and you're going to do a bunch of them and you're looking for the best, the DTF is the big, awesome pickup truck for that period. Um, but if you're just going to haul a little bit of stuff, you can get a little pickup truck, you can get a van, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of my comparison, my comparison in those. Um, just really for those out there, because I know we have a lot of folks listening that um, it might have been getting a little heavy and they're still new. So hopefully that yeah, breaks yeah. stuff a little so, bit down and, uh, and then I'll let you guys continue on DTF for those who are in this rabbit hole and want to keep going. Well, I mean, one more thing I'll say about all those other technologies and, and about DTF is <clears throat> if you are only doing, you know, a few transfers a week. You know, or if you're a small business and you're only doing, 
you know, producing 100, 200 trans, you know, 200 t-shirts a month, then one of these high volume uh, machines is definitely not for you. You, you don't want it um, because, you know, it has to be fed. You know, the, the downsides of DTF or at least high volume DTF are going to be, <clears throat> uh, it's definitely not a back bedroom machine. It takes up a huge amount. It takes up a large amount of space. It's a 24 inch uh, vinyl printer that's attached to a uh, another machine that shakes the hot melt onto it that has a belt dryer built into that. And they it all sit in a single too. line. Right. Yeah, there you go. Forget, you're going to have a 220 volt. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to sound like Ross Perot almost right now. So they go read my book. We've actually done videos over the last month and a half where we actually compare uh, the different processes to DTF because it's it's the wild card now. It's a new thing. So we've done comparisons of the good and the bad, uh, you know, the pros and cons of each of these that are available through, uh, I think, is it through our uh, Vimeo or our YouTube, both? Yep. And on the websites. And on the website, so you can actually, if you want to dig in deeper, is hey, should I do DTG or DTF or sublimation? Every, hey, you can go in and actually watch these videos, and we dig in a little bit more in depth to the differences, each one specifically to it. Um, one thing that I, I kind of made a mental note when Mark was talking about that's an up and a, it's an up down on this about DTF. Most apparel decorators have an application for DTF. They may not have an application for DTF printer yet, but they probably have an application for DTF transfers. Therein is a pro side to people who are looking into DTF. There is a large business for wholesale transfers out there, as well as your own retail product. So when you're looking at adding this, it's one of the, the few things that we have. It's hard to make money doing that. There are people that do it, doing wholesale transfers on a white toner printer, simply because they're, they're, they're not inexpensive per page to print. Uh, to give a perspective on that, you know, you do a, it may be four bucks, four and a half dollars. I think there's a fair numbers, right, Mark, for the cost of a DT, of a transfer out of a white toner. Yeah, if you're going to do a full big front, the, the max you can do, yeah, you could be dropping about four bucks in that. Okay, so four bucks. And that's to do, you know, uh, maybe a foot and a half square uh, image. <clears throat> a similar type print on a DTF is going to be about a third that price. That's for media, ink, and powder, right? Mm -hmm. So you can now take that product and literally sell it to your customer at less than it would cost them to do it with a, with a white toner printer, right? And you're still making two and a half, three dollars on a transfer. So, I mean, that's another aspect of this that is really different from uh, other products we sell and that it does open up a wholesale business that when your printer's not running, we, we figure we can run nine, nine linear inches per minute, basically. What does that translate into? For your average shirt design, 10, 12 inches, by 10, 12 inches, something like that, you're gonna run around a hundred of those an hour, okay? Um, and if you run a hundred of those an hour and make on them two to two and a half dollars a piece, which is realistic, most folks are getting about $3 a square foot or so for wholesale work, If you know, and it goes up based on volume, right? Uh, but uh, I mean, the lower, the more, less you order, the, the higher you're paying. But let's say right. three is $3 a square foot is a fair number. Some are gonna make it in five, for low short run, call it $3. You're making a couple hundred dollars, $250 an hour to run your machine to print out transfers. Mm. And you, your only investment is just watching the machine run and the small amount of materials you're running through it. Um, so that does open up. And it also, for those of you who are thinking about it, uh, we can hook you up with customers who will help you initially get started trying it and see if it fits your business. And uh, it is, it's not an inexpensive investment relative to DTG, let's say. I think that's where its biggest competition comes. So, and certainly so, so, what is, so what is the price range while we're talking about it? For, so the, the, for... the packages right now, on uh, you're running around $25,000 for the, the 24 uh, 
H2, which is a two-head. And by the way, we have really creative names. 24H2 means 24-inch, two heads, right? Guess what a 24H4 will be? It'll be a four-head, right? right? And so <clears throat> that, I haven't seen pricing on that. That's a, a newer unit that were literally just hit the docks, literally yeah. <laughs> two days ago. Um, yeah. <clears throat> that you're probably looking at that being more in the $35,000 range, uh, but it'll be higher productivity. But let's say it's $25,000. If you look at a typical DTG uh, setup, printer's going to run you on average 12 to 20,000 bucks for the printer, say an average around 15. You got to add a pre-treatment machine and, you know, an, a dedicated heat press, at yeah. least in a lot of cases, people use two heat presses. And that you're starting to sniff up into the low 20 range with that right yeah. and that so it's not i'm, I'm not saying that twenty five thousand dollars is chump change but you know not that long ago twenty five thousand dollars got you a single head embroidery machine and digitizing software <laughs> right. right yeah um yeah and so it is something that is within range of most people uh but if it's not then there's wholesale business out there that people will produce for you until the time is right that you can put something like this in it's not going away it is right it you is in this market as a salesperson i'm somewhat of a salesperson though i'm not directly you almost have to let folks know if you're not thinking this is right just let us know we'll sell it to your competitors because it is that we are seeing huge dtg houses companies with literally millions of dollars of machines mothballing them to bring in $100,000 worth of DTF equipment that is out producing it. You have less labor involved. Right. You know, you have less uh, less waste because, you know, when you screw up a, a DTF print, okay, well, screw it. You just don't do anything with it. You screw up a DTG print, guess what? It's on a shirt. You ruin the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, I have some interesting right. thoughts yep. too when we're talking about pricing before we go too far away from it. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of knowledge on this podcast, so I want to dive in on, on some knowledge before uh, we get too far away from the subject. But um, you're referring to kind of pricing of equipment and pricing of transfers. And yes. um, I'm just going to interject on other technology again, uh, just again, for those folks listening that are that are learning a lot. Yeah, in, in a short period of time. Um, I have a rule of thumb that I like to think of in my head about kind of the transfer printing the cost of the investment, the time it takes to produce them, and the uh, and the cost per print, you could, if you want to say, per transfer. And I kind of just say that as the the cost comes down by half, the cost to produce doubles, and the time it takes to do doubles. Yep. So a twenty five thousand dollar DTF printer. Um, it, I'm just going to don't, these numbers aren't facts. This is just very, right. very rule of thumb and, and kind of come close when you start really diving into the math, $25,000 DTF printer cost to produce, um, a minute, two minutes, uh, the, I'm sorry, time to produce a minute to two minutes cost to produce a couple bucks, um, digital heat effects printer, half that you could do it for 12, 12, five, you can get a really nice system. Your cost to time to produce that same transfer, probably three, four minutes instead of the one to two, the cost to produce that double instead of two bucks, maybe four bucks, right? All rule of thumb stuff. Not every transfer is the same, just yep. to repeat that. Um, and then you go down to, you go down to a vinyl cutter, um, which isn't quite half, but we're just <clears> kind of, you know, we're in that rule of thumb. You can get a vinyl cutter system set up everything you need for maybe four grand with everything. If you need a heat press and all. Um, and that again is going to take a same transfer between the cutting and the weeding and the various steps and multicolor could take twice as long to produce. Right. Um, and then further down when we get into sublimation, um, similar, maybe not the cost to produce is twice as much on that, but the time, because you're using a very compact inkjet printer, but, uh, you can get into that for like a thousand bucks. Right. Yep. So, uh, the investment that you make is returned in a fair way. Um, and all of them, all of them are, are a great place to be in. And all of these technologies have businesses that are, there are seven, eight figure businesses running out there 
with all of those technologies as the forefront of what they're making. Yeah. Um, but but uh, we but we can circle back to the DTF. I mean, it's still the best one out there. You know, it's still the best, and and you invest in that. Yeah. But um, it, it, if you're if that's where you are, then it's amazing. I mean, I'm still it's still hard for me to get away for on just how blown away I was um, in in every step of the process uh, for DTF. Yeah. So uh, th- there there's the end of my of my little comment. I, and I, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. So the you know, the um, and I'll point a, a, out a couple of of the the real downsides for probably most of our listeners for, for a DTF printer, um, a high volume DTF printer like we're talking about today is that it's big, it's loud, it's warm because there's a, uh, um, there's the dryer attached um, and you're never going to print to turn around like one or two transfers, right? Like that is not the business case. You're never going to have somebody walk into the front of your shop. You're not going to put it in a retail environment. It's not going to go into a kiosk. Won't go into your back bedroom. You know, it is It is for a, a real business um, or a bigger business. And even if you are that business that does the high volume, you're going to want either a sublimation printer or a direct-to-garment right. printer or a white toner printer anyway. It's going to be your, your, your cleanup header. There's no doubt, mm-hmm. but you still need guys to get on base. You still need guys to field the ball, right? Um, so you need you need to understand that this is not a cure-all, end-all. However, there for really large operations, it is. Um, there are a lot of, lot of large operations that are manufacturers who may have been in our industry in the sense that they produce decoratable products that are now bringing in-house customization at a high volume level right so that they're also providing on wholesale on one side but they're providing a retail unique product on the front end as well big companies are throwing these machines in to decorate their apparel their items that maybe their wholesale customers are just selling them as brand x right so 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 without without mentioning any names why don't you share like three or four use cases of companies that have already adopted the DTF and why they did that. Wow. Okay. So um, one of our large customers and some of the, some of the ways, some of these large customers, they're actually partnering with fulfillment companies. All right. Some okay. are bringing it direct in house. Through our on-demand kind of cold. Yeah. Some are going to an on-demand. We actually have a division of our company called cold Desi on demand that actually works with these larger corporations. Um, and, and large private businesses to have a, an entire enterprise solution from a web store all the way through to separation, ordering and everything on the backside. Some of that goes, stays within the corporation itself. Some of that, the handoff goes in, in, in that system to the company is actually doing the productivity to production for them. It's, it's, you know, here or there, but it's still ultimately the product's being sold by the brand X. Uh, one of the brand X's that we've worked with does a lot of stuff that specializes in a specific industry. And they've historically just had simple logos and stuff on their products with minimal selection. Now they do what's called curated art and you could order the, the garment, the, the hat, uh, the bag, whatever, with something specific or semi-specific to you. You want um, a, a, you know, think of the, think of the shirts and stuff you see where you have, you can, or something you have, uh, you and your dog or a dog. I want a black lab. I want a yellow lab. I want a chocolate lab. I want a German short hair pointer. All of these things on a garment or an item that there's tons of solutions. They're semi-custom in the fact that you go under labs and you pick a, you know, a left facing lab with the tongue gotcha. out or a pointer pointing or something like that. Um, you know, it, it, I go back to the day when, you know, it used to be a big deal for the Dakota collectibles. When you wanted embroidery, you went in and you had this just gargantuan book. You could pick these items out. The difference with this is you can still do that, that because it's not embroidery. You don't have, have to worry about a 45 minutes. sew out. Right. Yeah. And so they're doing this and they're taking their products, 
that they would sell to Mark's company. Uh, let's say they sell this blank product for $20 at retails for 35. They're now selling this product custom embellished for 45, right? So that's one marketplace where we see it fitting in. Well, another marketplace would be, we have companies that are actually should do team sports. And because this material adheres to performance wear, to the, the materials that soccer uniforms, football uniforms, things like that are made out of, they can now do these with this system. You don't have the weeding associated, which is historically what you would do on those type of materials. You do a, a heat applied vinyl. You don't have the weeding. You don't have uh, the, the time involved of re-putting things back together once you've weeded those to be able to apply them. Um, so now you can print everything out. You can have custom fonts. Um, you, you can have uh, more creative lettering. Mm-hmm. You, you can do full color. So having a blue jersey with white letters on it, you know, you can have white letters with yellow trim and bunny rabbits in the numbers, whatever you want, right? You get the idea. Um, so that's another niche where we're seeing these companies uh, doing this is they're, they're, they're doing high volume customization. We call it mass customization. There's an oxymoron for you, but it allows you to do that. And it doesn't matter whether, you know, it's, it's Villa or Copeland or Stephenson, <laughs> Stevenson, long names, right? Hyphenated names, like we see on some football jerseys where the guy's name starts here. They can compress that and then print it and transfer it. Yeah. So yeah. those are applications we're seeing on a regular basis, but it's also stuff where, hey, we know at Christmas time or at Mother's Day time, we sell a ton of, of these. And it allows them to do um, a high volume, semi-custom applications and literally not commit to the garment until the a minute before it's ready to go into the envelope and be shipped. Right. That's huge. Just You talk about just in time. Yeah. This, this is just in time to the nth degree because once you get going, it's, you know, you throw it in and eight minutes later, it's out of the printer, by the way. That's one thing we, we didn't, we were talking about some of the process and Mark, I think nailed it about, you're not going to do one-off shirts on demand, you know, while somebody's standing there live, but in the online world, yes, you can, because on demand means it ships today. Right. And so once I can get it onto the printer from the time that the image leaves the printer till the time it comes out the back end, is about eight minutes. Now that's a continual flow. So if I'm running the machine all day, I only waste eight minutes, right? So there right. is that, but you can. And again, with the software, the way it's set up, it will do nesting, it will do hot folders. So actually, if you have a web business where things come in, it can just drop them into web folders, into the, into the hot folders, the rip will pick them up and bring them in and drop them in place. Yeah. And you hit print um, and it goes. So the the la- I just want to mention one thing that we didn't say out loud, I don't think, and then uh, and then we've only got a few minutes left. We should probably wrap up. Is um, the heat press is like fifteen seconds? Yeah, it's it's ten seconds, and then a five second finish. Um, yeah, with our premium paper, it'll hot peel. So literally, what you can do is you put it on, press it. Sometimes you want to press. In Florida, we usually press the shirts for a couple seconds beforehand because hello, Florida humidity yeah um but you literally throw the shirt throw it on press it onto the shirt peel it away hot peel it away throw down a parchment or another finishing sheet five seconds it's done that five second final press um number one that sets the glue a little bit deeper number two it improves the rub fastness of the print okay and you're good to go so uh, consistently a good operator could probably do three shirts a minute you know that's giving us 20 seconds in there even if it's two two shirts a minute that's 120 shirts an hour. DTG is 45 seconds to, to cure the pre-treat usually and 45 seconds to cure the print. So the most with zero interface time, as I like to use it, instantaneously, right? Yeah. The most they could do would be 40 in an hour, right? And if we go to that ridiculous number on the, the DTF with the zero interface time, it would be 240. Right. Big, big difference in that. And, you know, 
that's just the heat press side. It's not the load unload time that you have on a D and I, we love our DTGs guys. Don't think we're here to bash yeah. the DTG. It's about using the right tool, right? You, you know, try, try to remove a nut with a hammer. It doesn't work real well. Right. You know, try to drill a hole with a nail. You can do it, but you got to wiggle things around. You know, it's using the right tool and DTF as we're finding is the right tool and a lot more applications that we would have involved. If you all have known me for any time at all, DTG has been my baby since 2005. Right. Yeah. And this was like, when they called me and said, Hey, we want you to start looking at taking over and kind of being the mouthpiece for this division. I'm like, but, 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 but what about all of this? Right. And it, and it's, it was not a hard transition once I saw it for people that have the application. We just did a demo yesterday for a customer that DTF wasn't a good fit because everything he does emerges from the shirt, right? Oh, right. And he does one-offs <laughs> and he does them on nice high-end shirts. DTG is exactly right for this guy. His stuff almost looks like airbrushing coming out of a shirt. You're not nice. going to ever get a good transfer like that on anything other than direct to garment or sublimation where you have to do it on a light colored shirt, right? Yeah. If it has to have glue or something to stick it to a shirt, there has to be an ending, <laughs> right? A beginning and an right. ending, which you don't get with a transfer, a solid transfer process. Okay. So, um, Mark, any final thoughts about direct to film and what we've been talking about so far today? Uh, yeah, so, um... Well, hopefully everyone listened here, got a lot of good information out of this. Obviously, um, uh, it's a very cool technology and we did kind of peek into comparing to all the other technologies out there. Um, the What I think one of the takeaways I get from this conversation outside of just learning a bit more about DTF is um, how important each individual tool and that you have for your business is and choosing the right one um, and, and that's really why the folks over at Coldesi, like Don, um, and, and plenty others out there are really there for you. Um, as a, as an organization, we don't, Coldesi doesn't just offer just a DTF printer to try to get you to buy a DTF printer. Cause that's what we sell. Right. Um, we have a lot of different technology, a lot of knowledge over as you hear from, you know, Don, you know, since, since 2005, you said, you know, doing, yeah. D, doing DTG. Uh, um, so there's a lot of knowledge of many, many years in the Coldesi uh, family of people. And if you're listening to this because uh, you're new to all of this and you heard DTF was great, um, I would encourage you to get some more knowledge by talking to somebody at Coldesi. And finding out if that's right for you or if something else is right for you now or later, right? Because um, there's a lot of great tools out there to be successful. And DTF is amazing in a ton of ways. I encourage you to um, pursue it. Uh, but also don't forget if it's not right for you yet, there are other solutions out there that might be right for you yeah. now. Yep. Uh, yeah. so that's kind of my final thoughts on this. Um, the last bit is, um, just a comment that I get that I hear maybe this, maybe one person listening to this, this is right for you, but some folks don't want to talk to, um, somebody at Coldesi because they don't want to talk to a salesperson. They don't want to waste a salesperson's time. Um, they don't want to feel pressured or bothered by a salesperson that they're going to be harassed. You know, I mean, these are all reality. The folks at Coldesi have phone calls and emails and chats all day with folks who are in not ready to buy that day. They are still in the learning stage. You have to start somewhere. They talk to somebody like you who's not ready to buy or, or doesn't know when they're ready to buy. Um, and that's okay to engage with the sales team when because you've yeah. got to start somewhere and the Coldesi team would like you to start with somebody who has a lot of knowledge. Um, second, second to that, if you are ready to buy and you are ready to make a decision about DTF, 
and you haven't spoken with somebody at Coldesi yet, um, you you absolutely have to. You absolutely have to because you're going to learn something you did you didn't learn yet. So, um, my final thoughts. Thank okay, you. cool. <laughs> All right, Can well, I, I think that's. I want to yeah, tag sure. on that real quick. Number one, I think you're right, and I I stress this: the average, and I don't know, the numbers keep growing because as Mark and I will say, in the time that we've been here, I mean, when I started here, I think we had twenty something employees, right? <laughs> right now. We, we we're a bit large. I think we have that many left-handed employees right now. I'm not sure, <laughs> but um, it it's the the knowledge is there at every level, and if you run up against a a knowledge ceiling with one individual, there's always going to be somebody they can go to, right? And secondarily, I want to stress that we could have jumped into DTF a long time ago. I actually had conversations in December of 2020 with the owner about DTF, right? We didn't even get something in and start working with it for a few months later. And we had people knocking our doors down who are customers of ours who says, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this with you, right? So it wasn't just about technology. It was about what Coldesi brings to the table. And we have, if you guys saw the backside of the, the, the brain trust of people who are, you know, testing equipment, researching stuff and, and work, working on processes, it would blow you away at the time and money invested into bringing products to market that are ready, that we're ready to support, that we're able to the best of our powers in this crazy world of shipping days to stay stocked on. Um, it, it would give you confidence in, in this regardless of which of these processes, as Mark pointed out, you're right there. There are applications and there are always going to be applications where you trade sweat equity and cost of consumables for equipment costs. Yep. No doubt. Right. And that's where a lot of our customers, we have customers who started out with something we didn't even sell like a cricket, <laughs> right. Vinyl cutter that now have $50,000 worth of equipments from us and they're turning six figure plus businesses all the time. So I think that's something we bring to the table. Maybe, maybe, maybe that'll be one of our, maybe that'll be one of the listeners on this podcast next. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks. Um, thanks, Don Copeland for joining us today. Yep. This has been Mark Stevenson. And Mark Vila. You guys uh, have a great business. All right. Take care.